this week's show a five-star start for Ebbsfleet United. We hear from winger Adam Mecky. They come away, as he said, 5-1 up. Uh, first game of the season, I think we would have taken your hand off before the game. Tommage Angels defender Arthur Lee tries to find some positives from his side's fight back against Fleet. If we would have had a second half the same as the first half, it would have been um, a lot, lot worse. And frustration for Richard Stiles as Tombridge Wells slumped to defeat against Holmesdale. Created three good chances first half, yeah. four at least second half. Got to score, got to score goals to, to win games. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast. What a start to the National League South and Eastman League seasons it was for many of our teams. We've got three interviews for you this week and frustratingly plenty of COVID news. Both of our top flight non-league sides are forced to wait for the start of their seasons. As always, I'm John Phipps, now more than three months without a day off of any sort. And on the line now is a man who's still on bloody holiday, but has probably earned some brownie points by not having to rush straight to Crabble on Saturday. It's my good friend Matt Gerrard. How's the break going? Not bad, but I am going to a game, so which I'll tell you about later. Oh, exciting. Fantastic. So, yes. No, yes, it's very good. It's very enjoyable. Um, plenty of walking, um, plenty of nice food, plenty of ice creams. What's your favourite ice cream flavour, John? Uh, any, well, there's an ice cream parlour here along the seafront that does a cracking, oh, they normally do a cracking amaretto and raspberry, which is, is top, top draw. Yeah. I'm um, standard mint choc chip or vanilla man. Yeah, Hades exactly the same, actually. So they're our favourites. So. Yeah, mint choc chippers. Yeah, love a bit of mint choc chippers. Yeah, but, it's, it's, but yeah, very enjoyable. Very Going quick, quick, but we're, you know, back to reality soon. But such is life, isn't it? So yeah. as my mum says, got to go away to come back in. Something like that. Yep. You've got to go home to, co- to come away again. Yeah, it? exactly. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's always one of those. Uh, and how, how's sunny southeast? Has it been 35 degrees? No. No, it's not. We've had a bit, it's been a bit cloudy, uh, a few spots of rain floating around the place, but it's all right. Can't complain too much. So, cool. yeah, uh, it's our 178th episode this week and 178 is a square free number. This means that the only square number it's divisible by is one. And if you can tell me why that matters and why on earth there is a Wikipedia page with more than 2000 words on that subject, then please send your answers on a postcard to your nearest dustbin. Uh, what a load of nonsense. Math, say. Eh? Well, yes, yes. I, I was trying to. My daughter's learning with a tutor of math, so uh, I've got to make sure make sure the maths is cool. But I, did, I think did if you I do maths watch... when you were when you were like, did you do A level maths or anything? No, just GCSE. I do um, like maths, though. What was your grade? I, I got eight C's in my GCSE. Did you? Four C's. Yeah. Wow. Were you pleased with that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was probably pleased. Yeah, I've got history, A level, English. A level and in general studies A level. Very good. Well, I got three A's, a B, four C's, and a D in my GCSEs, um, which not that it means much now. No, exactly. I yeah, probably might as well. I had ten A stars or whatever it is, and yeah. you wouldn't query it. So, what did probably, you do in A levels? Uh, I did English literature, German, and theatre studies, which was terrible decisions on, on all three parts, and yeah. I didn't do very well. So, uh, so that we, we just well, no, 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 I didn't do a great deal. No, no, there you go. We were doing well in life now, mate, so there you go. Well, moderately okay. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, 20 years down the line, I'd be sat here on a Wednesday afternoon talking about non-league football with you, mate. Yeah, well, as my mate, 28 years ago today, Dover signed David Leeworthy, which is probably after the birth of my children and my wedding, the one of the greatest days of my life. So it doesn't get much better than that, really, does it? So, um, no. Uh, so that's, but that's 28 years ago. So but I suppose retrospectively, because did, did you know he was going to be really good when, when, he, when, he was, when they signed him? Well, he spent 50 grand on him. I expected him to be good. And he was pure gold. So, yeah, but it, it was more the, 
we spent 50 grand and we thought, oh, we're going to, they just got promoted. We're going to um, piss this league. And after the first few games, we were top of the league. I think, oh, this is going to be easy. Clearly it wasn't. But um, yeah, it was just, you know. My is that, hero, is that so. still your record sign-in? Yeah, it will never be beaten in my lifetime, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, so they said 28 years ago. There weren't a couple of many clubs who've got a longer transfer for 50 grand. So, yeah. So, what does 50 grand buy you these days? Not David Lee, really. Uh, there were yeah. certainly some football league clubs who will have splashed and cast around the turn of the millennium and they're never going to um, sort of get those those sort of numbers again, I don't think. Yeah. But No, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would have thought David would never. Our record signing is now the FA. Our second record. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Uh, Right then, on with the show. And while all of our plans suggested we'll be starting this week's show with a look ahead to the National League kicking off, uh, while most of the division does, our two sides will be at home twiddling their thumbs. Well, metaphorically, at least. Uh, Matt, your boys Dover, first to be effective. Uh, You brought us the news during last week's recording. Uh, As you can imagine, it's only increased your popularity within the rest of the National League. The game with Solihull called off due to cases in the first team squad at Crabble. Yeah, we're, we are the most popular one. Uh, Notts County in particular, saying that we should play the youth team, we'll just get out of the league. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, other games have gone. So, you know, Dover, again, from what I gather, the league have called this game off, not necessarily Dover um, on that basis. So, I Isn't it one national... of those where you're in the middle of the rules as well? Because the whole team had to self-isolate on Saturday or Friday, Saturday when, when the news came out, but now they wouldn't have to. Well, the problem is, I think half the squad are not double jabbed, which is also an issue. So, um, which is also a concern. And will they get jabbed? Um, which is easier said than done. Um, in some ways, you know, it's good that other teams have pulled out because everybody thinks that they don't want to play anyway, which is nothing of the short start. They want to get going, get their season going, and try and get back these 12 points. Yeah, it's absolutely disappointing. But the league needs to do it because I couldn't see, I see Exeter had two players who had an issue, but they didn't call a game off. But I don't know why, when, unless they're all double-jabbed. I've got no idea. Um, and, of course, you know, I presume you can't force anybody to have double-jab, can you? But I don't want to be. No, I, I guess they're talking about now saying to players, you know, you need to for your own career. Yeah, they can't force them to, but uh, let's not get into the anti-vax stuff on this podcast. But, no, you would think they, they would probably... Uh, be encouraging it but I suppose it's a time thing as well isn't it because obviously a lot of people younger people have only just been offered their first so it's going to be a while before they get their seconds yeah so um, maybe the National League has got to say from this what they're going to do but I think you know Dover got a lot of grief again but for no apparent reason you know Dover didn't play last season we've been over that but of course they wanted they've had a decent pre-season looking good there's a bit of you know feel good factor around the club and they were expecting a decent, a very decent crowd from what we gathered on Saturday, and now that's gone. So, I think some of these bigger clubs in this division um, are, have got a very high opinion of it. But for some of the reasons, there's a reason you're in the National League. So, if you don't like it, you shouldn't have got into the National League and their rules and things like that. So, we'll leave I think it it's, that. it's fair to say that no one will have wanted to play this Saturday more than Andy Hessenthaler and the Dover squad. Exactly. Yeah. So, getting grief from certain people who are saying we should either play the youth team. Or just get out of the league. Um, it's going to be interesting. And I, you know, we said before, Dave, we've got to use this the actual hatred of these teams when they come against them. from there. And you've got to feel for Bromley because Grimsby would have brought thousand plus. You're probably looking three, three and a half thousand there. So they're going to miss out on that when they come midweek. So, um, but it is what it is, isn't it? So I think the National League has got to have a look at this at some point. Um, 
Because if this goes goes forward, we're never going to get anywhere again. Or I thought if it gets bad in the winter, and is and I, well, I'm well. That's all I can say. And you know, surely lower levels they're, they're going to have more issues if on this basis. But we'll have to wait and say, yeah, disappointing. And we'll, we'll do our national league review next week when uh, David will be in action. Hopefully against Maiden at a week Saturday and Bromley. I don't know where Bromley are going, but hopefully they can be involved. We Bromley have had a good, you know, brought some quality in. I'm sure they wanted to put a marker down against Grimsby as well, so they'll be bitterly disappointed. Yeah, as Matt just said, they're Bromley were all ready to go until they got word that there's cases in Grimsby's squad. Uh, Wrexham against Yeovil also off. It's, it's not really worth the worth the wait, all this. But National League, the last league to start. And here we are, it's all being delayed for, for three or for three of those fixtures being called off on the first weekend. Mm. Not really a very satisfactory start. Let's move on to some actual football then. And the start of the National League South on Saturday. Top billing goes to Ebbsfleet United, who say for Hampton and Richmond Borough's big win just up the road from me, would be top of the table after their 5-1 victory over Tunbridge Angels. Fleet ripped their Kent rivals apart in the first half, were 4-0 up after 28 minutes, the hat-trick from Dominic Pollyon and another from Rakeem Bingham. Angels finished the first half well and got one back through Ibs Olatavi on his debut, but Adam Mecky made it five, coming off the bench to score. And Adam Mekis day got even better after his warm down when he was lined up for his third appearance on this show as well. So here is the absolute United midfielder Adam Mekki. I started by asking him how important it was to make an impact coming off the bench. Yeah, I think um, it's a lot of competition for places at the moment. We've got a very strong squad. I think the manager's got a difficult task on his hands to keep everyone happy and you know give everyone game time. We've got on paper, you know, an unbelievable squad. And um, you know, I've been I came off sort of last weekend in Miami. Um, so it's kind of been a bit of a stop-start pre-season, but now we're in, um, you know, we're in the full swing now, and, uh, and I was just glad to come on and, and do my bit. It was a good goal as well, wasn't it? You picked the ball up well, and, and you were desperate to get it on your right foot, and, and some finish. Yeah, I think um, manager told me before I came on. He sort of said like, you know, if you get a chance to hit the target, he normally uh, not a big fan of me shooting, but today he encouraged it. So, uh, uh, but yeah, that no, was good, um, and yeah, I just came on my right foot. And I thought, you know what, I'll try and bend it into that bottom corner. Um, and uh, yeah, it came off. So really happy. You had the same view as the rest of us of the first half. It was, it was pretty good stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, outstanding. I think I've said it. Um, I said it in the programme. Um, and, you know, I'm really, really excited for, for this season. I think you know, we've, you know, we've strengthened in areas where we need to strengthen. Um, we've got a good core and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's exciting to see. I mean... I don't want to say too much because I was sat on the sidelines, but I enjoyed sitting on the sidelines watching it um, as much as sort of getting involved in playing. But no, you know, I want to play every minute of every game. And, um, you know, the manager's good and he's sort of managing me and managing us boys. And, you know, I think it's, it, it looks good for a real, real positive season. I mean, to, to win on the opening day 5-1 is, is, is the perfect start. Yeah. I, do you know what, as well, there's, a, there's an element of disappointment in there and conceding. Um, I think that was, you know, when you go sort of, three four up it's, it's about not getting complacent making sure that you still do the things that we've worked on the training make sure you're still disciplined um and it was a little bit disappointing to to concede um but you know we were strong we looked strong from the start dominated possession dominated the style of play that we want to play and um you know played some really good stuff and yeah to come away as you said five one up uh, first game of the season, I think we would have taken your hand off before the game. Really sort of fluid formation that, that Dennis has got you playing now. You know, like the way you sort of dovetail the, the defenders and everything. And, and it, it just looks like when you're on song, you're going to be hard to beat. That's the thing. I think, you know, last season we were, we, we showed it in patches. Um, and, you know, it was an element of adaptation from both, both, both parts, the players and the manager. And I think now we've sort of, we've come together as one. And, um, you know, I think if we can sort of, 
keep doing the right things and, and keep working on the stuff that we need to work on, I think we'll be a real formidable threat for going forward. That's the aim, isn't it? The aim is to get this club back up, especially a special year, 75th anniversary of the club, and National League football is, is what everyone here wants. Yeah, I think, as I said, from the, throughout the disappointment of uh, of last season, I think both you know with no fans, season being called early, and, and some of our results and performances, I think we had a big point to prove coming into the season. Um, I think a few people have kind of written us off as not really sort of contenders, but you know we just got to keep doing our stuff on the pitch and uh, you know prove everyone wrong. You travel out to Chippenham next week. You, you never know what you're going to get when you go to play these teams in the West Country, do you? I think every every team in this league. I think um, you know I, I've seen some of the odds for, for teams to sort of go up and, and then be relegated as well. And you know you just never know. I think that I think that's why, especially the National League and the National League South, it's very very um, you know one team can really turn up and get a shock result I think everyone can beat everyone so I think we can't take anything for granted and I think that's why we've got to really appreciate the three points today and the scoreline um, and, and you know not get complacent and just finally how great was it to see 1100 people in the stadium today? brilliant you know I said I, I thought there'd be a thousand here today so the fact there was 1100 even better no it, it makes such a difference it really does I think you know, it gives you, an, it does give you an extra ten percent. It really does. I think some people will say, on, you know, some people might say footballers, you know, you just play football, regardless of your surroundings. But it does make a difference. And today, it really sort of showed. Uh, nice lad, Adam Mackey. He did say he's after our jobs as always because he's doing a journalism degree, uh, which I understand is going well. But the fact that he is on the bench shows the strength they've got at Ebbsfleet. Yeah, looking at the side there, they've got a big squad of twenty-four. There's players in there who you'd have thought would be involved, but Aren't and you know did Cundall play at the week? He didn't. He Cundall and I thought he was. I think they released him in the summer and they brought him back. So yeah, that, you can show the quality of the side. You know, you were there, John. Uh, to you, I know it's only one game. In would you say that Evesley, with the way they play, because Polian of course played for Dover, and looking at his previous record, he's not really a, a goal threat. So if they can get him scoring goals, because he's a good player, he's you know played at a very decent level. Did you did you think mm, they look a good decent side? Yeah, I was really, really impressed. I saw Ebbsfleet a couple of times last season uh, and I could see their problem was like sticking the ball in the back of the net. But they, I mean, they, they they scored an early goal and I think that's going to be crucial. And I said to a few people around there, I said, what will be interesting is when Ebbsfleet are nil-nil with 15 minutes to go or one nil down with 15 minutes to go, how they played differently. But getting an early goal really set them up and, and I thought they played some excellent football and, and uh, Tanner in midfield, pulls the strings. I mean, he was brilliant. There was a lot of uh, pretty passing going around, but almost every single time the ball fell to him, he made something happen. He set up the first goal with a really good pass. Uh, I just thought he was magnificent. He's the one who makes things happen. Uh, The goals were all really well taken uh, by all five goals, really, really well taken. Uh, Polyon's uh, second was the pick of them. I think they Summer James was almost scored from a corner. Then the keeper launched the ball upfield. One touch inside from Polly and he was through just the keeper to beat. And uh, he did it absolutely brilliantly. Curled the shot. It looked like it was going wide from where I was. And then it curled back round, clipped the inside of the post uh, and went in. And, and I thought they were excellent. One thing I really liked, and I said this a lot, was that the, the formation that they played, uh, Cundall was almost sort of left wing back at times, slash left midfielder. And it was the same on the right with Toby Adebayo rolling. And then inside that, they had Joe Martin, um, Sidi Giambatti and 
Chris Solly. Now, Solly sat in the middle and Martin and John Barty almost took it in turns to be a fullback and centre-half. It was so fluid. So sometimes you'd look and Adebayo Rowling would be a right-back. Other times he'd be a right-winger. And the same with Kundal on the left-hand side. And Martin would get... It was it was so fluid. It was really, really impressive. I thought they were, they were really, really... You know, they played really well. Obviously, first game of the season, they've scored five. Optimism's going to be through the roof. They're not going to play like that every week. It's not going to be that straightforward every week. But, but I thought for an opening game of the season, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, we were wondering why they were continuing to play friendlies in the, you know, when everybody else had stopped. And maybe it was fine-tuning this system that they're going to work with. And maybe, you know, there's 15 games that Dennis Katrib had last season. It's probably given him a real look at the league and says, right, how we can play. I know it's last season they were supposed to, you know, from what I gather, they overpassed teams. But this time they can go a little bit more direct. And, you know, you've got people like Tanner and Solly. No, you shouldn't be playing Conference South football because they should be a lot higher level. And Tanner, in particular, um, is a very good player and I know all the shot would let him go. So, yeah, if they, again, chipping them away this weekend when we look at the fixtures, I think they they beat them there last season, but they've had numerous games against them in cup competitions. So, you know, they have to do the dirty stuff as well every week. But promising signs, Ed, I'm trying to think who the other players who weren't involved in the whole squad, John. They've got some players, haven't they? Well, Lee Martin was there, wasn't he? He's, uh, I think he was out injured. Um, and they've, they've they've got a couple of other players coming back. And yeah, I, I just thought they were really good. The only thing I will say about Tanner was I thought he was excellent. Um, and I apologise if anyone is listening to this and, and I'm giving away some of their, some of their uh, top tactics, but he's all left foot. It's Tanner. Uh, everything, his left foot is an absolute wand, but there were a couple of opportunities where he could have done something on his right and he was just desperate to get it on his left. And that may, may be one way that he might come unstuck, but I thought absolutely fantastic performance. I mean, it was a 5-1 win, bloke scored a hat-trick, but for me, he was the man of the match and I, and I thought he, he did really, really, really well. And I think he's going to be a man to watch for Epsley. And if they can keep him fit, I mean, their midfield three was lovely with Egan in there and, and Paxman. It's such a lovely midfield um, they, they all bring something different to the party, and and just the flexibility, the versatility. I thought they were, I thought they were excellent on the day. So um, well done to Ebbs Fleet United. Uh, great start to the season. But while it was a dream start for Fleet, it wasn't such a good day for their opponents, Tunbridge Angels, who would have been hoping to replicate last year's win at Stonebridge Road. Uh, it wasn't to be, but to be honest, they're not going to come up with as, as many sides as rampant as Ebbs Fleet were, especially in that first half. And that was kind of the first question that I posed to Angels defender Arthur Lee when I caught up with him after the game. We knew what we were, what we was up against coming here. Um, we knew that they was a full-time outfit. Um, we knew what the, what their strengths were, and we tried to um, in training. We tried to nullify them to as as little chances as possible. But um, on the day, you know, they just done what they done best. It's a that, that difficult thing. I think you hit on it when you said full time. You know, they're working on it every single day. You guys are working on a on a different level. You know, you're doing your part time bits. That's where the difference really shows. When you've got five new players as you had today, you could tell they were just a bit more gelled. I suppose. Yeah, um, it's never it's never an excuse because we play against teams that are full time in pre season. But um, I think today um, that really showed. I think you could see the clear difference of the fitness levels to, uh, for one. I think the quality on the ball. Um, I think there was levels above us today. Um, yeah, and I think we just really struggled here today. I think we we um, we made it very hard work for ourselves in the first twenty minutes, and after that, we was just fighting an uphill battle really. I suppose at half time, one thing you might have been thinking was, well, let's win the second half. You came close, uh, uh, you know, you, you got your goal and kept them quite quiet in the second half. I thought. Yeah, yeah, we um, was obviously four 0 down. We come out, we said no more goals. Uh, can we win the second half? 
it was going that way. Um, we didn't have many chances. The one chance we had that we took it, um, clear-cut chance, then they got their goal. Um, but yeah, once they went 5-1, once they went five, one, it was kind of, it was done then. I mean, I felt for you and Sonny, obviously, because their, their movement up front was, was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, it's nothing to do with our midfield, but when you don't get tight all over the park and they can pick passes and put the ball where they want to put it, you don't really stand too much of a chance against a team like this. It's difficult when you come here with a team whose aspirations are obviously to, to win the league or with their or thereabouts. And, you know, Tunbridge Angels, your aspirations are, are different from theirs. And you've got to take some heart from the second half. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, if we would have had a second half the same as the first half, it would have been um, a lot, lot worse. Uh, the gaffer obviously um, told us our plan for the second half. He got into us, woke us up a little bit. Um, and we gave it our all for the second half, but it just weren't enough. The damage was done in the first were the, were the teacups going round or was he quite calm about it? He was, he, he was calm, as he always is, but um, <clears throat> he's calm, but you know when, he's, uh, when he means what he says and it was one of them. Um, he just got right into us, um, in the right way, to be fair, um, and he got a reaction out of us, but the damage was done, as, as I just said. You've got to put it behind you now and you've got a home game against Bath next week. They've had a good win today, but was, was saying earlier on, the West Country teams, you never know what you're going to get. One year they're brilliant, the next year not so much. So all you can do is just take on them on face value. Yeah, yeah, we'll, um, we'll have a good another solid week of training, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I mean, home games of the season don't really get much tougher than away to Ebbsfleet. Um, so we knew that. Um, we knew that it's probably one of, one of our toughest games, the first game, um, but we'll just try and build from here. 1100 in here today I know obviously it was a disappointing result for you but how great was it to have supporters here yeah yeah that's the main thing really like we've had a pre-season we've had a season last year that was broken up with no fans um, today it's just back to how it was um, it's good to see everyone here we had a good little support from Tunbridge um, yeah all the boys appreciate it massively and then just finally next Saturday back at home with your fans that'll be a special moment for everyone yeah yeah it'd be good to have all the boys um all the boys out there playing in front of the fans again. Uh, we've all missed it. The gaffers missed it. The clubs missed it. So, yeah, it should be a good game. I felt a bit sorry for Arthur there, really, because I was just chatting to uh, to Matt Davison and he said, oh, did you think played well today for, from an Angels point of view? And I said Arthur Lee, and then at that exact second, he walked past and Matt was like, oh, why don't you grab him for a chat? Uh, so he kind of got lumber with that. It's hard to speak after a 5-1 defeat, so I really, really appreciate that from Arthur. Um, but Tunbridge Angels... We said on, on commentary on Radio Kent, win the second half. Well, they didn't win it, but they drew it. And I think that was a massive thing for them, that, that they were able to, to stem the flow and, and show a little bit of their own metal. Yeah, they've got an experienced side, Tumbridge Angels. So, um, you don't want to be 4-0 down on the opening day of the season. So, Steve McKim there, and I think as Arthur said in his interview, he's not a a ranter or in, you know he'll take it on board and, and learn from this. So, yeah, I think that you know, the Tumbridge Angels will be, will be fine. But... At the top of this division, there is a lot of sides who've probably got a lot more money, full-time position, which will be tough for them. But they'll learn from that and go again. So um, it was a decent crowd there, John. And I'm sure the Tumbridge Angels fans were came in numbers, but I think they were a bit, probably a bit disappointed at halftime. But I'm sure so. they'll go again. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, I think, I mean, it was a baptism of fire. I mean, to, to get that first game of the season and when... You know, when you've got a team, say there was 1,100 people in there, most of them absolutely United fans, and the, the, the scenes were joyous all around the place. And, and you've got this to come, Matt, in a couple of weeks' time. But people who obviously hadn't seen each other for a long time, and, you know, it was a nice sunny day, and it, it was a lovely atmosphere. It was just really, really nice to be back at football uh, with supporters, and I, and I really, really enjoyed myself. But, yeah, Tunbridge Angels, you know, it was difficult for them. Um, as I say, Ebb Street played really, really, really well. But they showed some spirit. And Olatardi coming on and scoring his first goal 
that'll make a big difference uh, to, to him going forward. And it was a hard day to be Tommy Wood. I mean, he scored the only goal there last season. He didn't get a lot of service and, and the Ebbsfleet defence, as I say, were, were really good and marshalled him really well. And Tom Beer's job was to try and get forward to support Wood, but he found that hard and he was finding himself deeper and deeper. And, you know, they had a couple of chances. Ricky Modeste had a couple of chances where he got in down the right-hand side. And one time he had a shot tipped over by the goalkeeper. Another time uh, across it, I'm sure he knows he should have done better with. But there, there were promising signs for Tunbridge Angels, especially in that second half. And, it, you know, it's difficult for them. They've not had a full season and back at this level but I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be in a relegation battle and and in Steve McKim you know they've got a manager who probably uses the old Chris Kinnear mantra never too high never too low and I'm sure that he will have not destroyed them too much for that disappointment on Saturday and, and they go again although I did think Arthur Lee did say in there when I said oh with, with the teacups going around he said no but he got his point across I, I got the feeling Matt that was a I'm not angry I'm disappointed yeah well yeah all that preparation and it goes out the window the first which is, you know that's football for you but you know they'll learn from this and go on and I'm sure the fans will be out in full numbers this weekend Absolutely. Darford left it late with two stoppage time goals from Dan Roberts securing a 3-1 win at St Albans. While Maidstone twice came from behind before running out 4-2 winners against Hemel Hempstead in front of more than 1,800 fans at the Gallagher. There was disappointment for Steve Lovell in his first game in charge of Welling, finally, as they lost 3-0 at Haven and Waterlooville. Now this weekend, Maidstone travelled to Chelmsford. Ebbsfleet, as you already heard, head out west to face Chippenham. Dartford are at home to Slough. Angels are at home to Bath and Welling take on Hungerford. And I'm going to guess, Matt, you're going to Dartford. I am going to Dartford, yep, Dartford against Slough, so um, looking forward to that. I've seen the Dartford goals, I've done a bit of homework for that. Um, Roberts against his old club, a couple of good finishes um, he did there. Again, we said Dartford, what a good squad they've got. If they can leave like Jake Hyde, Luke want a deal on the bench, they've got a good side as well. So I think they've played Slough quite a bit recently, haven't they? I think they beat them in the playoffs, I think, uh, a couple of seasons ago. They I think did, yeah. Slough might knocked them out of the FA yeah. Cup as well, didn't they? So yes. they know much about it. Ryan Bird, one of my... One of our ultimate favourites uh, places for for Slough. So we'll Isn't he a centre-half now? Yeah, yeah, he was never a striker, mate, to be fair. <laughs> and, uh, 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 on that basis. So we'll look and see how we get on from there. Yeah, but again, Dartford. Yeah, I, I, I said last week, out of all our Kent sides, I thought they would be the side at the top of the table. So, so you put down a mark and I'm sure there'll be plenty of fans there on Saturday. Um, roaring them on, should be a good game. Excellent. Well, I'll look forward to hearing your reports from it uh, over the course of the game on Saturday and obviously next week when you're back here. Uh, into the SMU and Premier Division, then we're all three of our Kent sides were victorious on the opening day. Top billing just has to go to Cray Wanderers and Danny Kedwell as they secured a fine 3-1 win over Lewis, managed by former Wands boss Tony Russell. Anthony Cook with two of the goals for Cray. A dream start for Danny Kedwell, Matt. Oh, yeah. Um, I see that Anthony Cook again probably should be playing at that level. Scored two goals, um, decent. You know, three hundred and five is good for Cray Worthing. Would have sorry, Lewis would have brought a few, but yep, Kedwell will be delighted. They're off and running. Um, well, Cray, it'll be interesting to see. But you know, Lewis Cray, Cray under previous management team now, Lewis scored a lot of goals late this season. Maybe that will continue. But uh, yep, good result for Danny Kedwell. Delight for him. Good, good weekend all round for our boys, wasn't it? It was, and looking down the Cray Wanderers side that was out there on on Saturday, there's some good players in there, and I think Danny Kedwell has uh, recruited very well. Was he on the bench? I don't think he was actually. No. Yeah, so you know, he, you know, he was banging him in Conference South level above, so he's always good to have an option. I'd take it uh, Drury was playing and people like that. Yeah, Drury was the in there. Was good. They got Jack Turner in goal, haven't they? I think who's yes. been around the houses, but he's a good goalkeeper. This 
level and a level above. So, um, and they also had play. a left. Uh, they also had a player in their team called Joseph Taylor, while the other Joe Taylor played for <laughs> Lewis up front. So that's oh, interesting. Right. Didn't one. score though, did he? No, he, he didn't. Score, no. He did not score. So there he, you go. We'll keep an eye out for Lewis as well. See how they get on. Same. We certainly will. Folks in Victor also won 3-1 on Saturday at home to much fancied Worthing. Uh, both sides had penalties saved at 0-0, but it was Worthing who took the lead. Only for Ian Draycott's brace, which moved him to within one of Invicta's record goal scorer Jimmy Dryden. And David Smith to net as Invicta fought back to win. Uh, Margate, meanwhile, needed just the one goal from Ben Greenhall as they saw off Wingate and Finchley. Gate home to Carl Shorten on Saturday when Victor travelled to face Corinthian casuals and Cray Wanderers were also on the, wall, uh, also on the road sorry, at Hornchurch. Uh, but impressive start for all three. Yeah. Fantastic crowd at Fakes, 836 as well. Ian Draycott, he, you know, I think I saw him when he was playing for Mesa. He was a good player. I've seen him, around, I think it was, he was playing at Bedford or somewhere. And I th- when I've seen him years ago, I thought he was a good player. I don't know what brought him down to this sort of thing. But, you know, probably doesn't get all the headlines with the other goal scorers that Fakes have. But he's a, you know, a 15, 20 goal season and taken over for Jimmy Dryden as well, who scored absolute shed loads for Fakes in the early part of this century. Yeah, so really delightful. But 836 is great. And, Delight for Margate, Ben Greenhow, key player for them. Good result at Wingate and Finchley and um, should be a good game against Carl Shorten for them. So, the thing about Margate is they've had so many sort of hips and starts, haven't they? It would be great for them if they could get back-to-back wins at the start of the season. That would boost confidence and hopefully there'll be a decent crowd at um, uh, Hartstown Park on Saturday. Absolutely. Two more hat-trick heroes in the Eastman League South East as well. A first-half treble for Ahmed Abdullah helped Sittingbourne to the biggest win on the opening day as they beat newly promoted Lansing 4-0, while Tommy Fagg got all three in the second half as Ashford United beat Burgess Hill 3-1. A fine start as well for VCD Athletic, 3-0 winners at Chichester. Uh, and away wins in all three of the Kent derbies. Corinthians struck late on to beat Hythe 2-1. Faversham were 1-0 winners at Phoenix. And Seven Oaks came from behind to win 2-1 at Whitstable. Jason Thompson getting both of their goals. Uh, Herm Bay drew 1-1 at Hastings. Cray Valley held at home by Whitehawk by the same score. And it ended three bridges to Ramsgate 2. Uh, so no Kent side was beaten by anyone from outside of the county. Uh, but what results stand out for you there, Matt Gerrard? Good result for Herm Bay at Hastings, we said there. Coming back into that. Well, seven Oaks winning at Whitstable was a good result. But you, um, it has to be Corinthian, I think, really. We mentioned it could go either way in that game. And Corinthian have won it at the death. Great result against Hythe. Um, yeah, I still think Corinthian are going to have a really good season, I think, somehow. But I still fancy Hyde too, as well. So, look at that. But I think Corinthian, I would have thought there would have been scenes, as the kids say, uh, when that winner went in for Corinthian at Hyde. Absolutely. Uh, FA Cup action for all of our Eastman League South East teams this weekend. So, we'll go through all the low fixtures shortly. Uh, on first, though, to the scaffold, where I was a little concerned it was broken at half time on Saturday. There weren't many goals around. But in the end, Normal service was pretty much resumed. Uh, among the big winners on Saturday were Tunbridge Wells with a 3-0 triumph at Deal Town. However, they were beaten 1-0 by Holmesdale on Tuesday night. Our new roving reporter, Daniel Storey, was at that game and afterwards he had a chat with Wells boss Richard Stiles. Frustrating. Had chances, should have won the game, put the game out of sight. You've got to score, you've got to score the chances. Simple as that. You don't score the chances, it, it, it bites you. Um, their goal probably shouldn't have been a goal. Um, so at that point you're coming in nil-nil. But yeah, I mean we've created three good chances first half, yeah. four at least second half. One off the bar there at the end kind of summed up your game really, didn't it? Pretty much summed up our season, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got to, got to score, <laughs> got to score goals to, to win games. Yeah, and on your season so far, obviously you lost to Sheppey, one of the sort of bigger sides in this division. You beat Deal, um, lost in the FA Cup. How, how disappointing was that, the FA Cup, a few weeks ago? 
Um, yeah, it was. It was a similar story, really. They had two chances scored. We had five, scored one, lose two one. The story yeah. of our season so far. Sheppy was the same. K Sports was the same. Um, deal. Thought we turned a corner, so we were superb on, yeah. on Saturday. Really, really good. Really great performance. Um, obviously, wanted to take that into tonight. We haven't. Um, yeah, got to, got to uh, reflect and, and see where we're at. Yeah, I saw online that you managed your 30th game recently for Tumbridge Wells. You've been here a while now. Do you feel you're progressing as a club and as a manager here? I know, obviously, Martin Larkin did a very good job getting this club to, to Wembley, and that comes with the history, but you're your own man, aren't you? How, how do you feel you've done since you've been here? Yeah, fine. Like I say, we've had well, we've had two seasons null and voided, been in the top five for both of them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, from 15th to 5th and 3rd, you know, we've come a hell of a long way. Yeah. Um, you know, we're four games in at the end of the day. You know, we've lost... Early, early, um, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've lost two, drawn one, won one, you know. We've lost more than two games in both the seasons I've managed so far. Um, Martin Larkin might have had a good season, he might have done well. It was a long time ago now. Yeah, long, yeah, long yeah. Time club ago has to move on, doesn't it? The club yeah. was in a hell of a state when they took it over. So, you know, we've, we've um, done a lot in the two and a half years and we haven't even had that yet because yeah. of... Um, Covid, mm. so you know we're absolutely fine. Like I say, we're not. We've definitely progressed. I mean, look how great the ground is. Look at everything that's here. You know, we've got the best fan fan base in the league. Yeah, two hundred and two tonight. <clears throat> good. I think four hundred yeah. for the Sheppey game. It's yeah, it's good. It's um, been a league crowds, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've um, yeah, like I said, to maintain what I've got in the changing room, maintain the boys, what we got. You know, it's just that little bit of. Uh, quality in terms of front of goal and yeah. um, you know the, the ball's not bouncing the way it probably was the last couple of years so mm. you know it, you know, we just got to graft it out and, and dig it out and, and keep working hard Yeah it's a tough league this year obviously you've got Sheppey United Chatham Town Glebe doing very well won three games out of three what's your overall view of the uh, Southern Counties Premier Division this year a lot of strong sides isn't there yeah, including yourselves Yeah it's the toughest league in this country at this level I've got no doubt no doubt at all I think um, you know it's very very strong I think Half of this league is stronger than the league above. Yeah, I do. Mm. You know, and I've said that for a long time. Um, you know, and I put us right in that mix. It's the hardest league to get out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, us Chatham, Sheppey, um, Glebe will do everything they can to get out of it. And you know, I'm sure it'll go right to the wire. You know, there's 34 games left yet. So yeah, a long way to go. Yeah, even, yeah. Has not even started yet. No, so no. the league doesn't start till Christmas. That's when you know where you're at. So, like I say, we're only in August. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Long way to go, yeah. yeah. And overall, as a club, obviously, you, you want to get into the league above. Um, are you under, not pressure as such, but how is there expectation from people above that they want to get to the league above? Because you've been in and around there for a while now, so how. how well, my expectations. Obviously, it's are, a bottleneck, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my expectations are sky high. My, yeah. The pressure I put on myself is sky high. Um, in the changing rooms, we know where we're at, we know what we're working towards, we mm. know where we aspire to be. Um, as a club, we're fine. Like I say, we were 15th, you know, three seasons ago in the yeah. bottom five and lingering around there. And, you know, there were bits going on behind the scenes, etc. Now, you know, it's a clearer pathway. It's a, it's a much better place to be. Atmosphere's good. The change room's good. The, you know, the playing staff, the fans, staff we've got on board, the structure with the youth um, and the under-23s is good. So it's all there. Like I say, it's not do or die you know, if if we come third this year and, and yeah, miraculously yeah. don't go up, it's not mm. you know all else failed. But you know we'll do all we can to get in there, and and if we are, we are. You know, if we're not, we'll um, reset, reflect, and, and go again. 
Yeah, and finally, how, how happy is uh, Richard Stiles to have football back in his life? It's been a long time, hasn't it, for competitive football? <laughs> yeah. I know you've lost tonight, so yeah. it takes the edge off a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's great to you be want back, to manage, don't but you? Um, of course you do, and you want to be around games and, and doing things, and it's great to have that sense of normality back, um, but uh, yeah, it makes the losing even harder when you've had six months and half a year, yeah. not, not in and around it. Um, I like the winning feeling, not the losing feeling. Uh, he sounded pretty frustrated there, Matt, and, and rightly so. I mean, it's not been the start he would have wanted, has it? No, he's... When I listened back to the interview about an hour ago, yeah, he sounded really down, didn't he? And we said that, they had a big start to the season, and we and I saw them, they beat Deal. I thought, all oh, right, they have turned the corner, but um, disappointing result in midweek as well. Um, it sounded, yeah, though, Matt, like they had a lot of chances and they could easily have won the game, but they didn't yeah, take yeah. them. And, and that's going to be something that will probably bother him. I, I think in some ways, would you be more upset if you completely deserved to win and didn't take your chances and lost than if you deserved to lose? And I think that's that's one of those. And that's the frustration. Is it? When you've played well, but you've not managed to get the result, that, that's probably worse for a manager than than the other way around. Yeah, yeah it's a bit concerning. It's a story of his season. It's only four games in that they're, creating chances and not putting the ball in the back of the net. So, yeah, normally he's an upbeat character. So that interview there, really, you know, it's straight after the game. So, um, you know, you're running high on emotion at that point. But, yeah, yeah, it was a surprise one. I thought they'd be a better start to the season. But maybe, that you know, you think about it, right, we've done it a deal. Now we need to go again and get try and get the get the ball rolling a bit. But, yeah, surprised how the poorly they've started this season. So, but again... As he said, you know, he's done a good job at that club. So, and it was a good question. He said, will he be under pressure? Probably not, but they'll be disappointed with the start of the season with, you know, so much optimism at the start of it. But, yeah, it is what it is. But I'm sure Richard's working on it pretty hard to get out of this little hole there at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, he's been there two and a half years, but he's only had one completed season. But we've spoken yeah. before. Um, I mean, Daniel put the question there about Martin Larkin. Well, I mean, we have to bear in mind that it's nearly... Nine years ago, it was nine years ago that Tunbridge Wells would have started that run to the mm. FA Vars. I, I think I remember saying when Richard got the job, it was important they had a new brush, someone who wasn't involved in that FA Vars run. And I think they've made great strides, Tunbridge Wells, and I think they are moving in the right direction. And as I said, this is the strongest league in the country at this level. And therefore, there is no pressure on them this season. If they finish third and don't manage to go up, then that's that. I'm, I, never mind. But they, they are moving in the right direction, aren't they? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and, you know, I was quite shocked there because normally he's such an upbeat character. He's sounding really down. Um, but again, have they got a game this weekend, John? Because probably not throughout the cup. They haven't. They? No, they haven't got one. No, that's not good then, is it? So you want to be playing, uh, maybe get a friendly against Bromley or something like that, just to get something um, in them. Yeah, but it'll be, maybe they'll need a bit of time on the training ground as well. But yeah, you know, I don't like to see one of our managers sound so down. Normally he's uh, such an upbeat character. Yeah, elsewhere in the Scaffold Premier Division on Saturday ended Canterbury City 1, Hollands and Blair 1, a last-minute leveller for the home side. Dan Bradshaw got the winner six minutes from the end as Chatham came from behind to beat Beerstead 2-1. Irith Town were 1-0 winners at Crowborough. Benga Ogusei grabbed a hat-trick as everything Belvedere made it 3-3 three from three while beating K-Sports. Kellington won 2-1 at Homestale. Rustle beat Tower Hamlets 1-0 and Sheppey United won their first game on their new pitch. A solitary Ashley Sane's goal enough to beat Fisher. And on Tuesday night, Deal 2-0 winners at Hollands and Blair. Kellington beat Canterbury 3-2 and Sheppey United with 3-1 winners 
at a Punjab side who played most of the game with an outfield player in goal after Max Ovenden's red card. Uh, Beersted also booked their spot in Saturday's FA Cup preliminary round with a 2-1 replay win over Banstead Athletic. In the combined Counties League Premier Division South, Beckenham made it 2-2 two from two with a 4-0 win at final on Saturday. A great start for them in the league, which also isn't short of goals. There were two 7-0 wins and a 6-1 on Saturday. Uh, so the FA Cup fixtures over the weekend for our Kent sides. Badshot Lee against Corinthian. Ballum against K-Sports. It's Beersted against Burgess Hill Town. Bedford Sports against Herne Bay. Beckenham against Hastings United. Chatham Town at home to Ashford United. Chipstead against Faversham Town. Hollands and Blair against Ramsgate. Hythe Town host Westfield. Kennington take on Little Common. Phoenix Sports meet Punjab United. Rains Park Vale against VCD Athletic. Redhill against Deal Town. Seven Oaks against Syria Town, Sheppey United against Salt Dean United, Sittingbourne host Littlehampton, and it's Whitstable against Alford. And then on Sunday, Irith and Belvedere host AFC Croydon. Uh, looking through those fixtures, Matt, there's some exciting games there. Bad shot, Lee stand out as a possible banana skin. Three wins from three in the combined counties league. Same vision as Beckenham, including being one of the teams who scored seven on Saturday, and they also scored six on the opening day. So a tricky fine. one there for Corinthian. Wow. Well, well. Corinthians are a cup side, John. I've got, I've got every faith in Corinthians to, to beat them. Now, I'm thinking on Cityborne. After I saw them play um, Deal last time and they got absolutely whipped in the uh, preliminary round, they were, I think they'll be looking for a bit of a cup run from, uh, from what they had. So, fingers crossed for Cityborne can get through. But, yeah, fingers crossed. I can't remember all those teams against it, John. Um, I was not on the computer. I will say, hopefully, we can get the majority of our boys through. And Chatham against Ashford stands out as well, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, oh, yeah, cracker. Oh, that's... Yeah, um... That probably is the tide around for our Kent sides, yeah. Tommy Warlow, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that, how um, how good Chatham are and how Tommy's got his boys going. Yeah, should be a cracker, that one. Should be yeah. a good crowd as well, there, I would have thought. It certainly should. We'll just run through very quickly. Scaffold Division 1, uh, Croydon nil, Lidtown 2. Two goals for your mate, Brad Baker. Yeah. FC Umstead nil, Stansfeld 2. Faversham Strike Force 1, Forest Hill Park 2. Meridian VP 1, Kent Football United 2. SC Thamesmead, we're having a really... Struggling at the start of the season. One, Sutton Athletic, four. Snodland Town, one. Bryden Ropes, three. Staplers Monarchs, two. Chessington and Hook United, two. Teeting Beck, two. Rochester United, one. And Westside, four. Larkfield and Newhithe, one. Uh, fixtures this weekend in Scaffold Division. Well, there is actually one Scaffold Premier Division game. Fisher against Wellingtown. And then it's Bryden Ropes against Lidtown. Chessington Hook against Faversham Strike Force. Croydon against FC Elmstead. Greenways against Forest Hill Park. Kent Football United hosts Westside. Larkfield and New Hive against Meridian VP. Rochester United against SC Thamesmead. Staplers Monarchs against Tooting Becks. Snodland against Stansfeld. And Sutton against Lewisham Borough. Then in midweek, uh, Beersted hosts Rustall. And Fisher hosts Glebe in the Premier Division on Tuesday night. Um, one more thing before we go, Matt, and I know your battery is dying, but as Skeffel related this one, Hollands and Blair legend Lawrence Plummer. Uh, there was an event in his memory on Saturday, followed by the launch of the Lawrence Plummer Foundation, a charity which will aim to help disadvantaged young people get into sport, offering resources, support and opportunities to those in the local community. Uh, you can find all about it by looking for at Plum Foundation on Twitter, a fitting tribute to the great man. Well, Matt, I would normally now talk about other nonsense, but you've got like 2% now, 3%? 3%. 3%. So this is pretty dire. So we're probably going to have to wrap this up. But, but you're back at the weekend and obviously back, yeah, back, for, to back, football, back to work Monday and yeah, back on it. And uh, let's hope there's plenty of sides in the next round of the FA Cup and we'll be back to normal reporting next week. But I suppose you're busy on your wafer duties now. So we've got to come out and fit this in, haven't we? Well, we've got another issue next Wednesday, but we'll talk about that later on as well. Ooh, so don't worry about right. that. We'll yeah. have a conversation. We'll about be, we, yeah, we'll be. Yeah, we'll be some. We'll be. Yeah, we can sort something out. We'll be yeah. here. Don't worry. We'll find a way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. and if anybody's at Dartford on Saturday and listens to the show, please pop them, say hello. 
uh, or abuse me, whichever way is, whatever you feel is best. Uh, we'll go from there. Suddenly, if abuse is on the cards, I suddenly feel like going to Dartford on Saturday. Yeah. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Kent and Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent and Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Thank you to all of our guests for joining us this week. Uh, and thank you to the clubs, uh, Ebbsfleet and Tunbridge, for facilitating that for us as well. Much appreciated. Uh, and most importantly, thank every single one of you for listening. Uh, it's been good, good to be back. We're three shows into the new season. And, oh, it's great fun, isn't it? But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. Looking forward to Saturday crowds in the stadium. Looking forward to it. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye.